This week I'm talking about how to be more authentic and why that's important for your well-being. So, let's talk. This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast full of simple ideas for better mental health. I'm your host, Jeremy Godwin, and I'm an Australian writer and speaker who spent most of the 2010s dealing with severe depression and anxiety, and that led me to change careers to study mental health. In this show, I use my knowledge of psychology, sociology and counselling, combined with my personal experiences of dealing with mental illness, to bring you a show full of ways to improve your mental well-being, one step at a time. Each week I look at one specific topic and go through simple things you can do to improve your mental health. In this episode, you'll find out what authenticity is, why it's the foundation of not just your mental health, but your overall happiness, and how to be your most authentic self every single day. So, get comfortable and let's talk about mental health. Hello and welcome to episode 55 and thanks for joining me. Just a quick reminder before I begin that if you would like to contribute a question to the Ask Me Anything segment that I'll be including in the final episode of the year, episode 59, you have until end of day on December the 1st, 2020 to send me your question. I cannot guarantee that all questions will be answered, but I will get to as many as I possibly can. Head over to letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au forward slash AMA2020 to submit your question, and hopefully it will be included in that episode at the end of December. All right, on with this week's episode, which is all about authenticity. When I turned 35, I had a bit of a crisis of identity. Now, some might refer to that as a midlife crisis, and to that I say piss off, because I'm 44 now, and I can tell you that in hindsight, 35 is definitely not midlife. Although, and a complete side note here, I have to admit that when I was in my 20s, the very idea of someone being 35 just seemed so old. So you can imagine how I would have felt about the fact that I'm sitting here now talking to you as a 44-year-old. Anyway, back to my point, although I think I might have just earned an award for the earliest instance of getting off on a tangent of any episode of this podcast so far. It is a talent, thank you. Okay, back to my point. Turning 35 coincided with a really rough time in my life. I hated my job and I felt trapped in a career stream that just wasn't the right fit for me anymore. And my desire to do something about it had all but evaporated. I was in a total mess financially, I was drinking my body weight in alcohol every week, and overeating whenever my emotions were out of control, which was most of the time, and my relationship with my mother had sunk to a completely new low, which was making things really difficult for me as an only child. Little did I know that within five months of turning 35, I would have a total nervous breakdown which would then lead to both the lowest lows of my life and the highest highs. Because without all of that happening, I would never have started this podcast and I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Now that I look back at that period that started nine years ago, I can see exactly what the problem was. I wasn't being fully authentic. I wasn't real with myself about what mattered and what didn't. And I hadn't yet figured out how to let go of the stuff that doesn't matter so that I could focus on what does really matter. I also had all of these notions of happiness and life satisfaction being tied up in money, which is probably not particularly surprising given how poor we were when I was growing up, but that's a whole other story. When we're not true to ourselves, it will eventually catch up with us in the form of general unhappiness or dissatisfaction or even leading to mental health challenges like anxiety or depression, or in my case back then, both. 
If 2020 has taught us anything, it's the value of focusing on what really matters, like our loved ones, and also the importance of being true to ourselves. What we so often refer to as life is simply this stuff that we go through, this collection of artificial constructs that we've created to try and find purpose and meaning, like our jobs and the size of our house and what car we drive. But true purpose and meaning is to be found in listening to and following our heart. And that is what authenticity is all about. And so what is authenticity? The word authenticity might make some of you cringe because it's one of those terms that gets used and abused by many in the self-help industry over and over again, along with expressions like honouring your true self and finding your path to live your best life. And those are great, but do you know why people say things like that? It's because most people are trying to find a really polite way of saying, if you want to be more satisfied in life, get your shit together and be true to yourself. And that's what I mean when I talk about authenticity. Authenticity is about tuning into your true needs and wants and making life choices that are aligned with those. I'm not talking about everyday decisions like what to wear or even necessarily whether or not your decisions are aligned with your broader goals. But what I'm talking about here is the stuff that sits right down in your core, your deepest desires, your most private dreams and your need for self-actualization, which is just a very nice way of saying using your talents and fulfilling your potential as a human being. When I was a kid, I wanted to be one of two things, either a pop star or a writer. Now, it turns out that I can't sing for shit, and so I have to reserve my sold-out concerts for driving in my car. But in terms of those dreams that I once had, look at what I'm doing now. I'm writing. Plus, I'm talking, but that's mainly because nobody can ever shut me up, so I kind of had to find a way to turn that into an advantage. My point is that often we have dreams and aspirations when we're children or teenagers that over time fall by the wayside because we become so weighed down by all of the expectations of life. I've done it myself and it's only been in recent years that I've actually gone back to those original goals and dreams that I had around writing and as I've been doing so I feel so much more fulfilled. You know we're told that life requires you to finish school, get a job, turn it into a career, pay the mortgage or the rent, settle down and wait until you grow old to retire so that you can then enjoy yourself. Do you know what that is? That, my friends, is bullshit. Look, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, and for some people, that's what feels right to them. But it's also true that it's not the exact right thing for everybody. Not all of us want to feel like we're constantly running on that treadmill, and we don't all buy into the notion that the purpose of life is to constantly upgrade everything. Your phone, your clothes, your car, your house, your career. Authenticity isn't about having more stuff, it's about having better quality of life. Let's talk for a moment about what authenticity is not. And as usual, I'm going to be really blunt here. Being authentic is not an excuse to behave in an entitled way towards others. And it is definitely not an excuse for being an asshole. Or for my North American listeners, asshole. I find that really hard to pronounce, so I'm sorry if it sounded funny. You can be authentic and still be a half-decent person. Seriously. Unfortunately, many people choose to hide behind their so-called authenticity to be vile towards others and to justify why they take, take, take without giving back to society. That is not a choice of being authentic. That's a choice to use authenticity as a veil for being selfish, entitled and hateful. 
look, I'm being blunt here as per usual, but I think it's important that we're on the same page here because being authentic to ourselves doesn't give us an excuse to forget about doing no harm, being kind and giving more than we take. That's how society breaks down if we forget those things. Instead, being authentic is about choosing to be a decent person and living our life in a way that feels truthful for us, rather than just giving in to what might be expected of us by our family or by society. If you follow your heart in a way that does no harm, is kind, and serves to give more than you take, that will then flow into better mental health and well-being, because you get back what you put out into the world. So with that said, why is being authentic important for good mental health? From childhood, we are bombarded with messages about what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And we take all of these things and we begin to create a map of what we need to do to survive in the world. In high school, that might mean modifying our behaviour so we can fit in with a certain group of people rather than becoming a social outcast. At college or university, that might mean choosing to act a particular way or wearing certain clothes or even taking specific subjects that all send signals to others and to ourselves about who we are and who we want to be. And then we join the workforce and suddenly we have a whole new range of choices to make. What will we do and where will we work and what will we wear and how will we behave? Plus, outside of work, where will we live? What kind of car will we drive? Etc, etc. Every single choice that we make, whether consciously or subconsciously, says something about us. My point? Authenticity matters because it's about making choices that are absolutely true to both who you are and who you want to be. And when you do that consistently, you begin to be more aligned with the very truest version of yourself which leads to greater life satisfaction and happiness, because there's much less of a disconnect between who you are and who you want to be. As noted in an article in Psychology Today, and as always, the link for this is in the transcript, and I quote, By being someone you are not, you are telling yourself that who you are really isn't okay. So hiding or suppressing who you really are can end up leaving you feeling lonely, disconnected from others, or even worthless. And again, you'll find the link for that article in the transcript. So if the focus on creating greater happiness is around being more authentic, how do you do that? How do you become more authentic? Well, let's get into the how-to part of this week's episode. Let me preface this section by saying that being authentic takes work. Hopefully that should come as no surprise, but given that we're bombarded with thousands and thousands of choices to make every single day, it takes time, effort and perseverance to wade through all of that stuff to get to the core of who we are and who we want to be. For some of us, we might have been suppressing or ignoring our innermost desires and dreams for so long that it may take a lot of work to even begin to bring them to the surface, but with time and perseverance, all things are possible. So how do you start to do that? Well, first, it's about reflecting. Take some time for yourself, and I'm talking about a good couple of hours, not just five minutes. Go somewhere scenic or find a quiet corner of your home and just reflect. Think about who you are, where you are. And when I say where you are, I'm talking about where you are in life, not just your physical location. Think about where you've come from where you want to be, and how on track you are to get there. Think about your needs, your wants, your innermost desires, your dreams, your values and beliefs. All of it. 
Take the time to be completely clear about who you are today and who you want to be. Because in order to take the next steps in life, you need to be crystal clear about where you're starting from. Next, I would suggest that while you're spending that time reflecting, also take some time to think about your belief systems and what effect they may have on how authentic you are. Sometimes the things we believe are more about what we've been taught rather than what we actually believe. Your parents and your family, your teachers, your religion if you have one, etc. These people have all influenced your beliefs and, quite likely, continue to do so. And so the challenge for each of us is to take a conscious step back and really look at our beliefs with a critical eye so we can work out what we truly believe in versus what has been believed for us by others. I'll give you a really basic example. My mother was always a big fan of celebrating Christmas. And so I was raised in a household that was absolutely covered in decorations each year. I, however, don't really celebrate Christmas. My partner and I do presents and we have a nice lunch on the day, but that's it. And so there's not a single decoration to be seen in my house because I don't like the waste that goes with this holiday. Now, I fully respect everyone else's choices, and in fact, I love seeing how other people decorate and celebrate the holiday. But for me, I choose to follow the belief system that feels right to me, rather than just inheriting the belief system from my mother. Just because you were raised a particular way, that doesn't mean that is how you must think and behave. You are, and will always be, your own person. You can be respectful of other people's beliefs without adopting them yourself. So take some time to look at what you really believe in and consider how authentic you're being in terms of living as that person. Next, look at and confront any possible disconnects between who you are, who you want to be, and how you act. So for example, if you live in a vegetarian household but you eat meat dishes when you're alone, there's a clear disconnect in terms of your beliefs and your actions. Often we do things to please others or because we struggle to accept the truth about our feelings or desires. And that can lead to what's called cognitive dissonance, which is a whole psychological thing that I won't get into, but it's basically just a way of saying that your words and actions are inconsistent or that you suppress reality. For example, people in hospital with COVID symptoms who continue to deny the existence of the virus because it goes against what they want to believe. Look, the thing is that you can believe whatever you want, but if it isn't grounded in reality, then there's a disconnect somewhere. Living truthfully involves acknowledging and accepting the truth, not just what you wish the truth was. If you identify any disconnects in terms of your beliefs, challenge them. If that triggers fear for you, a topic I covered extensively back in episode 10, then identify your fears and confront those. Life is too short to live in fear of the truth. Speaking of truth, my next point is to tell the truth to others and to yourself. Do you know how many times in the past I have come up with excuses for not doing something because I was so worried about hurting someone's feelings, when in fact the truth of the matter was that I just didn't have the emotional strength to give to other people, so I had to cancel plans that I had previously made. A lot, that's how many times. We all do it to some extent. Some people tell outrageous lies to further their own agendas. Some people tell smaller lies to save face or save their dignity or to try not to hurt someone's feelings. But really, when we start being completely truthful with other people and with ourselves, then we begin to release our burdens and we can be more authentic. 
I've been doing this recently with saying no to collaboration requests that people have been making because I just don't have the mental capacity at the moment to be thinking about someone else's needs aside from those I'm closest to. And so it's best that I'm completely honest and just focus on what I can focus on. And the other great thing about being honest as well is that it's much easier to remember what you told people. You don't have to try to remember any lies or excuses that you made. Just tell the truth. If you don't want to go somewhere because you feel like shit, tell the truth. If you made plans and it's now hit the day and you just don't have the emotional bandwidth, that's what you should be saying. If people don't understand that, then that's a whole different story. Moving on to my next point, make the choice to be authentic today and every day from now on. Authenticity begins with what you choose to do next. Do you keep on doing the things that you've always done because they're expected of you? Or do you listen to your heart? And yes, that was a Roxette reference. And do you start to make choices that are more aligned with your true self? For example, if you've been working in banking for years, but you hate it and you've always wanted to be an artist, then what exactly are you waiting for? Do you expect that banking will suddenly become artistic and make you feel good about yourself? Well, it won't. Make choices that help you to take steps towards a more authentic life. You don't have to suddenly change everything overnight, but if you want things to change, then you have to change things. Let me repeat that. If you want things to change, then you have to change things. You can make all the excuses you like. I mean, we all have bills to pay and pets to put through college, but ultimately you can either make excuses or you can make choices that help to bring about that more authentic and truthful life that you want to live choose to shape your life into what you want it to be. Moving on to my next point, identify what you need from your relationships, both personal and professional, and ask for it. I say this all the time, but if you don't ask, you don't get. Remember that healthy relationships involve both give and take, and so it's about finding the balance between what you want and need versus what the other person wants and needs, in a way that is authentic for both of you. Now, if you're struggling with where you are today compared to where you want to be and you're not sure how to go about building the life that you want, my next piece of advice is to honestly assess what needs to change to get to your goals and break it down into bite-sized chunks. Getting started can be tough and it can be daunting, especially when there are massive changes involved. When I decided recently to get my emotional eating under control once and for all, I was so overwhelmed by the size of the problem, both literally and figuratively, that I immediately went running to the nearest block of chocolate. Once I calmed down, I was able to look at it more rationally and then started to break things down into smaller steps and looking at the kind of actions I could take myself, such as modifying my diet, taking up exercise, etc., as well as what support I would need from external. So, for example, working with a professional to get to the root of why it kept on happening so that I could then confront and address the root causes. And then that involved setting weekly and monthly goals, such as losing one kilo or two pounds a week, which is a safe amount of weight loss. When you break things down into smaller goals that you can achieve over a shorter period of time, it makes it much easier to focus on because it's far less overwhelming. So look at how you can chunk things down. Look, with all of this stuff about authenticity, here's the thing. If you're really honest with yourself, deep down, you know who you are, who you want to be, and what you need. And sometimes you might not be prepared to admit that to others, and sometimes you might not be willing to admit that to yourself, but it's still there. 
You can either pretend it doesn't exist, or you can face it and do something about it. What's right isn't necessarily what's easy, but taking the easy option doesn't get you what you need. Learn about yourself and be true to yourself. Listen to your instincts and follow them. Get to know your strengths and your weaknesses and make the most of them. Be true to what you want and don't want. If you want to say no to something, say no. If you want to say yes to something, say yes. Take every opportunity you can to be as authentic as you possibly can. Because when it comes to authenticity and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. Life is too short and far too precious to spend it being some version of yourself that you think you're supposed to be, or that you've been told you should be. When you live a life that is authentic, you're able to find greater satisfaction and happiness within yourself. And also in your relationships with others, because you're more capable of giving all of yourself. If the purpose of life is to become the best version of yourself possible, then surely being true to yourself and following your heart must lead you in the right direction. Because when you live in a way that is truly authentic, other people are better able to connect with the real you. And since you're unique, that can only be a good thing. So, each week I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic and I encourage you to take a few moments to really reflect on it and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by the American writer Sarah Bombranock and it is The authentic self is soul made visible. Let me repeat that. The authentic self is soul made visible. Alright, that's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about manipulation. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has been on the receiving end of manipulation in the past, and often it can happen in both our personal and professional relationships, sometimes without us even realising it. So next week, I'll be discussing what manipulation is, which includes gaslighting, why it can have a negative impact on your mental health, and how to address it for the sake of your well-being. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released in the morning of Monday the 7th of December in Australia, New Zealand and the rest of the Asia-Pacific region, the evening of Sunday the 6th of December in the UK, Ireland, Europe and the Middle East, and the afternoon of Sunday the 6th of December in the US, Canada, Central America and South America. You can find past episodes and additional content at the website, which is letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. And you can also find Let's Talk About Mental Health on Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest at LTA Mental Health, as well as on YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform and tell someone you know about the show, because word of mouth really helps new people to discover the program. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time.